Welcome to Storytelling. I'm Marianne Schmidt. I've been telling these stories for nine years at the Manhattan School for Children. The stories are folk tales, stories that are so old they come from a time before there was even writing. The stories you're about to hear were recorded live with children listening. That's what storytelling is. It's a co-creative process between the teller and the listener. And if you love the stories, the best way to love a story is to tell it to somebody and turn it back into a living story that's a little bit different every time. This story is called Giant Without a Heart. It's from Norway. If you're ready for a story, put your hands on your head. If you're ready for a story, put your hands in the air. If you're ready for a story, put your hands anywhere. When I say crick, you'll say crick, crick. Once, a long time ago, there was a king who was very sad because he lost his queen. He had seven sons to keep him company, which was great, except for the youngest because the youngest had to always stay with the king. The king refused to be alone. He was so sad. So the brothers would go outside and play in the amazing things that they had at the back of the castle. They had a maze. They had a jungle gym. They had a royal trampoline. They had horses to ride. They had a pond that was so stocked with fish, you didn't even have to like wait a second before a fish got on your hook. But every time the brothers went out to play, one of them had to stay home with the king. And it was always the youngest. He would beg his father to go with him. He would be like, Dad, let's go with them. A king is not a king without his castle. A castle is not a castle without a king. Day after day. So this youngest learned how to daydream. He would sit in front of the fireplace and he would imagine what it would be like to ride a horse or catch a fish or go outside. For he had never been outside the castle walls. Well, many years later, when the boys were all grown up, the king sat them down and told them that it was time for them to get married and that they were only going to have one wedding day, so they all had to find princesses and get married on the same day. The problem was there were no princesses in their kingdom, so they had to go on a journey to find them. Well, the youngest stood up and he said, I'm ready. This is what I've been daydreaming about the most. You're going to let him go with us, said the older brothers. Look at him. He's got ashes on his shoulders from sitting in front of the fireplace daydreaming. He won't be any help. He should stay here. And the king agreed. And the youngest, once again, had to stay home. The king called after his brothers. Don't forget, bring the finest princess back for your brother. Take what you need. And hurry back. And so they got the finest horses and they each took a bag of gold. But as soon as they were out of the kingdom, they forgot what they were supposed to be looking for. And all they looked for was a good time. They started eating in different restaurants. They started 
dancing. They started buying new clothes and spending their money. From kingdom to kingdom they went, adventuring, exploring, until one day, one of the brothers went to pay for his meal, and when he reached into his leather satchel to pay for the meal, he had his last gold piece. Hey, I'm out of gold! What'd you spend everything on? I don't know, the same thing you guys did. But when they looked, they too had very little gold left. And that's when the brothers remembered why they were on this journey. And as luck would have it, there was a ball that night and the king was looking for six princes to marry his six princesses. Well, at the end of the ball, the six princes and the six princes had fallen in love and the king agreed to let them go home and be married. And they went off on their journey to go back home. But they'd been gone for so long, they couldn't remember how to get back home. And each landmark they came to, the brothers started arguing. We've got to go north. No, we got to go south. No, we got to go east. No, we got to go west. We got to go up. We got to go down. And the princesses started to be scared. What if they're not really princes? What if they don't have a castle? We should have never agreed to this. And then one of the princesses saw a castle in the distance. Is that your castle there? No. Our castle is much bigger than that. Wait till you see it. It's enormous. It's magnificent. Well, I'm sure that castle has a map of the other castles. So why don't we go there and ask? So they rode in front of that castle, but when they got there, no one wanted to go in. The place looked spooky. Vines had grown over the windows and they couldn't be opened. The gardens had three feet of weeds. The cracks in the walls made it look even spookier. And so the brothers began to argue about who should go in to ask for directions. You should go in. You're the oldest. No, you should go in because you're the youngest. No, you should go in because you spent all your gold first. No, you should go in because you're the most polite. No, you should go in because you're the funniest. No, you should go in. And they were all arguing. Stop! came the voice of the giant who had woken up from his nap. And his words rolled out of his mouth and froze each one of those princes, those princesses, and their horses. And that was the end of their journey. But meanwhile, the youngest prince was back at home, pacing back and forth. Dad, what about my brothers? Why aren't they back yet? Maybe we should go find them. Maybe they're in trouble. You cannot leave me. Well, then you should come with me. I cannot leave. A king is not a king without a castle. A castle is not a castle without a king. Well, finally, after months of this, the king realized his youngest son was right, that he would have to go off and try to rescue his brothers. Go find yourself the best horse. Take what you need. And so when he went into the barn, the only horse he found looked like it was 500 years old. It was wrinkled and gray. Its back was bent. Its belly was practically dragging on the ground. But it was the only horse there. So he put a saddle on it, grabbed a loaf of bread so he would have something to eat, and went out 
for the first time in his life. He saw everything that his brothers played with, but he turned his back and said, no, I have to find my brothers. But how am I going to know where they are? And that's when he realized if he just followed his heart, he would find his brothers. And his heart led him into a woods. And into the woods he went. And as he was in the woods, he could smell the pine trees and see the wildflowers and the birds. And he was quite pleased that this horse was as slow as it was because it gave him time to enjoy the things he never saw before. And when he looked down at one point, he saw a little bird that couldn't fly. Each one of its feathers was bent in different directions. It looked like somebody dropped it in a blender. The bird was crying for food. So the prince broke the bread in half and dropped half of the loaf on the ground in front of the bird. But the bird was so weak, it couldn't even peck bread off the loaf. So the prince got off the horse and he sat there patiently for hours picking off pieces of bread and putting it in the bird's mouth. He was so busy getting the food right into the bird's beak, he didn't notice what was happening. With each bite of bread, one of the feathers would straighten out and heal. And by the time he was done, the bird could fly. It flew around the air three times and landed on his shoulder and thanked him. And the prince said he was very glad he had been there to help the bird. And the bird said, If you ever need the help of someone who can fly, call my name. It is Raven. I would love to do a favor for you. And the bird flew off and the prince got on his horse, following his heart, took him deeper into the woods. And then he heard a very strange sound. He ran the horse over to the mud, and he could see that it was a fish stuck in the mud. He jumped off the horse, he picked up the fish, and he dropped it in the brook. And the fish swam and shook its body until the water turned muddy. And then a beautiful silver fish popped out of that brown water and said, Kind prince, you've saved my life. If it wasn't for you, I would have died in that mud. Whenever you need somebody who can swim, call my name. It is Salmon. And the salmon slipped into the water and swam away. Well, the prince's head was filled with compassion, and he got on his horse and he rode. And following his heart, it led him into the deepest part of the forest. The trees were so tall, it looked like night, even though it was day. And the next thing he saw normally would have terrified him because he had heard of wolves and he knew they could rip people apart. But this wolf couldn't hurt anyone. It was emaciated. It was so skinny it couldn't even stand up. And it was begging for food. Feed me, please. He immediately threw the loaf of bread down to the wolf. I can't eat bread. 
I'm a carnivore. Give me your horse. But how will I get to where I'm going? thought the prince, and he looked into the wolf's eyes, and he saw the hunger of what looked like a hundred years. And he took such great pity on the prince that the prince got off the horse, and the horse was so old and so tired and so relieved to never have to carry another person on its back that the horse just laid down and died. And the wolf did what wolves do, and as it ate the flesh of that horse, it grew stronger until when it was done, it was stronger than ten horses together and said, Where shall I take you? Well, that's the thing. I'm not really sure because I'm looking for my brothers because they went to get princesses. Then we're going to get married and then I'm going to be out of the castle. I mean, I'm out of the castle now, but I'm not really supposed to be out of the castle. But I'm only out of the castle because I'm trying to find my brothers. And hold on a second. Did you say six brothers and princesses? Yes. Get on my back. I think I know where they are. Now, these statues in front of the giant's castle became famous. Everybody knew about them. And so he took him straight to that castle. And when he saw the frozen horse with the prince and the princesses, and he went up to his brothers and he was like, brothers, brothers, brothers. What? Why won't they move? I don't know. The giant must have put a spell on them. Whatever you do. I think if you go in there, there's a young maiden that the giant has captive. Maybe she can help you. But whatever you do, if you need my help, just call out my name. Wolf. And the wolf sped off. And so he walked into that castle like he was walking into an ice cream parlor. And the young lady who was sitting there reading. <laughs> you, 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 have you lost your mind? Um, yeah, I've been called a fool, but I, I, I just, I really need your help. Yeah, you need my help. You're so lucky the giant's not home. He would have eaten you up as a snack. Well, actually, it's the giant's help I need. Uh, the giant's not going to help anybody. Why not? Uh, isn't he the one who put the spell on my brother's outside? I need him to take it off. Uh, yeah, but he doesn't have a heart. You mean he's dead? No, he's not dead. He just doesn't have a heart. Oh my goodness, he's coming. You better hide. And she took the prince and she shoved him in the back room and hid him behind some barrels and said, don't move, don't make a sound. He will eat both of us if he finds out I let you in here. Well, the giant came in and you know what the giant said. Fee, fi, fo, fum. I smell someone. She looked the giant right in the eye and said, I can't believe you have the most amazing nose in the history of noses. I mean, there was some guy here this morning trying to sell me pots and pans, and I was like, I don't need any. But you can still smell him hours later. Amazing. Amazing is right. I could smell you from miles away, so don't try to escape. Um, if you remember, you put a spell on me, and I can't go past the garden. Yeah, well, what I don't smell is dinner. 
Well, she ran in the house and she opened the oven door and the room filled with the smell of roasted vegetables and they sat down and they ate dinner like they did every night. And after dinner, every night, the giant would ask her to do the same thing. Do you remember what it is? Oh, in your best giant voice, how would he say it? Well, she looked at the giant and she said, you know, I've been telling you stories ever since I got here. I think it's your turn to tell me a story. I don't know any stories. Come on, everybody knows a story. I mean, you could just tell me the story where you hid your heart. Why would I do that? Because uh, it's the only story you know? Well, she begged and she begged and she begged until finally the giant just said, You want to know where I hid my heart? I hid it under the castle steps. I'm going to bed. Good night. The giant went up to bed. The next day, the giant left for the day, and the prince came out from hiding, and the two of them dug underneath the castle steps. They dug a hole so big, when they stood on the bottom of it, it was over their heads. But they didn't find any heart. She started to get scared that the giant was going to come back and eat them up for digging there. We got to put everything back, and so they started shoving all the dirt back in the hole. And in the middle of all that work, she traipses off into the woods and starts picking flowers. He's like, hey, I need your help over here. I'm helping. Uh, no, you're picking flowers and I'm doing all the work. No, I'm helping. Finally, he got all the dirt back in the hole. He pushed the stones back into place and he was trying to put leaves down so it didn't look like anybody dug up there. When she came over with a big, beautiful bouquet of flowers and she started to arrange the flowers over where they had dug, and made a beautiful arrangement with daisies in the middle and little columbines around that. A little while later, the giant came and said, I smell someone. Who's here? You and your nose. I mean, there's no one here. A bird dropped a bone down the chimney. Maybe it was somebody you ate once upon a time, but what's with the flowers? Oh, I, I wanted to honor the, the place where your heart is. It's such an important part of you. You foolish girl. You really think I told you where my heart is? Well, they ate dinner, and again, after dinner, the giant said, uh, It's still your turn. I thought you told me a story last night, but you didn't, so. I said I don't know any. And she begged until finally he said, you want to know where I hid my heart? I hid it in the cabinet. Well, the next day they took about the cabinet. They couldn't find a heart. Again, she brought in flowers and decorated the cabinet. And again, that night when the giant came home, he said, Fee-fi-fo-fum, I smell someone. I, I, something must be up with your nose. Maybe you have like the opposite of a cold, but there's no one here. He sat down to dinner and he saw those flowers. He's like, what's with the flowers? Again, I, I just wanted to honor where your heart is. It's so important. You are a foolish girl. Well, after a dinner, again, the giant said, It's still your turn. And she begged and she begged and the giant was like, If I tell you where my heart is, then you could get to it. Uh, if you remember, you put a spell on me and I can't leave here. 
you've got a good point. And so the giant settled down and told her the whole story about why he hid his heart. He told her that when he was a little giant, even though he's bigger than her, he's small for a giant. And when he was little, the other giants would tease him and they would call him giant the schmiant, the little, little pliant. And they would make fun of him. And every time they did, it hurt his heart. And he knew the only way he would not feel that pain is if he took his heart out and hid it. So he took his heart out. I looked everywhere, he said. I looked high and I looked low until I found the perfect hiding place. I found a well on the middle of an island in the middle of a lake. So I took my heart out and I put it in a duck's egg and I put the duck in the well and then I built a tower so tall not even a giant could get in. And that is why no one can hurt me. I'm going to bed. And the giant went up to bed and the next day the young prince came out after the giant left and she said what are you going to do she's like i'm going to go find this heart you don't even have a horse and that's when he remembered the wolf the wolf took him to every lake until finally they found a lake that had an island with a tower on it and the young prince looked at all that water and said how do you know how to swim take a deep breath and he did and the wolf ran all the way on the bottom of the lake until he came up on the island. They went to the tower and there was a door, but there was a huge lock and they couldn't open it. The wolf took giant rocks and tried to bang on it, but it didn't break. And the young prince was so frustrated, he threw his hands up in the air. He's like, what am I going to... And when he looked up, he saw at the very, very, very top of the tower, there was a hook with a key on it. He tried to climb it, but it was slippery, and the cracks in between the marble blocks had not even a room for his fingernails. The wolf tried to climb and couldn't. And then he remembered Raven. She was on his shoulder. He asked her to go get the key. In two seconds, it was in his hand, and he opened that lock. And sure enough, just like the giant said, there was a duck swimming in that well. He watched the pattern of the duck. And when he knew how it was swimming, he reached in and grabbed it, and the egg slipped out out of his hands into the well, and he watched it sink to the bottom as his heart sank to his stomach. What am I going to... And then he remembered... Salmon. Salmon swam up into the top of that well and said, Kind prince, what can I do for you? Salmon, you see that little white dot down there? It's an egg. Can you get it? Salmon sw swam straight down and shimmied up sideways, cradling that egg till it was at the edge of the water. The prince grabbed it gently with open fingers so the water would run out. And when he looked at it, he could see the giant's heart beating inside. What do I do with it? Squeeze it. And when he squeezed it, you could hear that giant bellow throughout the whole world. Stop squeezing my heart. I'll do anything. Stop. And he called back. Take the spell off my brothers and their horses and the princesses. 
Consider it done. What do I squeeze it again? And when he squeezed it again, he remembered that young maiden who was captive there and couldn't leave. And he called back to the giant, set her free. And the giant called back again, consider it done. Well, that was everything he needed. What should I do with it now? And the wolf looked him right in the eyes and said, you should do whatever you think is the right thing to do. Well, 50 ideas spun through his mind within 50 seconds, and then he knew exactly what was the right thing to do. Take me back to the castle. And when the giant saw him with his heart in his hand, the giant got on his knees and begged, Please, don't squeeze it again. Don't, I have gold. You can have my castle. Just don't squeeze it again. But the young prince knew it was the right thing to do. He took the heart out of the egg and he put it right back in the giant's chest where it belonged. And when the giant had his heart, some tears rolled out of his eyes and made puddles on the ground. He looked over at the young maiden, who was actually a princess, and she was packing up all her things to leave. And he said, I'm sorry. I just, I know nobody would have stayed here with me, and I was lonely. It's okay. You didn't eat me. I learned how to tell stories and cook and clean, and I'm still alive, so thank you and goodbye. I'll be going now. But when the prince heard that, he said, Lonely? I met so many animals in this forest that needed to be taken care of. You should be the caretaker of this forest. I can do that. And so the giant became the caretaker of that forest. And there was never another animal that didn't get the help it needed. And of course, you know what happened to that youngest prince. He fell in love with that young maiden. And when they got home, the seven brothers and those seven princesses got married. And they had a party for seven days and seven nights. And when it was time for somebody to rule the kingdom when the king was too old, you know who showed the greatest compassion and wisdom was the was the youngest. And they all lived... That is The Giant Without a Heart, and it is the story that gets requested more often than any other story. Can you guys tell me why you like that story so much? Because it teaches kids not to bully. Because it's about kind things, and the young um, prince um, brings back the giant's heart, which is so kind. The book is long. I like it because it teaches you to never get rid of your heart. I like it because it teaches me to be brave. And I like it because it teaches you not to bully anyone. And it teaches you to be kind and to respect others. And it teaches you to never give up. It teaches me if you be nice, some people will do things for you. Thank you for listening. 
I hope you enjoyed the stories. And remember, the way to love a story is to tell it. Share it with somebody else. Put it in your own words. Change it. Make it your own. And tell your own stories. And most importantly, live your story. Life can be a fairy tale. Thank you.